Hello and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career changes are not a straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change. We inspire people that are thinking to change career. We support people that want or need to change career, but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief, unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey, and with one third of our lives spent working, it would be unimaginable to not have a desire to explore new avenues. Welcome to the Career Changers podcast. Hello and welcome to the Career Changers. Our guest today is Scott Johnson, Managing Director of the Proper Blogs Club. In Scott's words, The Proper Blogs Club started in September 2020 with a simple Facebook page. It showed videos of me walking around my favorite local spots, talking about the issues I've had in the past and seeing if any local lads could resonate with how I was feeling and hopefully get something out of it. It reminded me that I was not alone in this struggle. After a couple of months and a break in lockdown, we were allowed to meet in groups. So I decided to put the word out on the local Facebook groups to see if anyone would like to join me on a walk and talk. One lad turned up and it's grown weekly since. At this point, we currently have three locations, which are in Southwark, Greenwich and Wallington in London, and we are still growing. The quick growth of the group has shown me that this is something that is really needed in all communities. Today, Scott is going to talk about his career, his mission with the proper blocks club and the importance of mental health for men. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So how did you start your professional life or better, what was your first job? Uh, my my actual first job, um, I was working in a place called Woolworths, which is a retail retail store, um, selling those CDs and DVDs, games and and sort of homeware things and stuff like that. So that was I went I went and done a, quite a few retail jobs when I left school at, for the first between sixteen and eighteen. I would have thought. And what was your dream job when you were a child? Um. I wanted to. I wanted to be a pilot at one point. That was a that was a real ambition at one point. But then I realised I didn't get the grades in school to even get near to that at the time. So uh, so that sort of faded away. But um, hopefully, 
um, one day I might be able to do some lessons. That would be a dream. Mm. So what is your educational background? Uh, funny enough, my education background was quite tough in school. Um, I've I done some GCSEs, got some really low grades from them, but, um, and I tried out college for a little while and it just wasn't for me. The, edu the educational environment for me was quite tough because I feel that it, was, um, it, it wasn't sort of catering for sort of my ambition at the time. I, was, I, I couldn't get that sort of one-to-one -one support that I probably, probably needed which a lot of young people actually get now. But at the time, it was quite difficult to get because I feel like education was very much a blanket approach in terms of how they, how they taught people. Um, so they weren't catering for loads of different types of learning styles, just for the one. Hmm. So after your first job, um, what happened to your career? Uh, what have been the highlights for you professionally? Um, was well, yeah, so I had a bit of a I had a bit of a situation when I was sort of let go from my last retail job because I had to make a decision which what um, which path I was going to go down in terms of was I going to continue to go down sort of like uh, the dead end route of just job after job with no purpose or was I going to find a career and it was around eighteen nineteen which I had a real passion for football um, and uh, and I started to train up as a football coach. Um, and then I got my first job down at Mill Football Club, um, coaching some of the young kids down there. Um, and then that started, uh, that, that basically started my career in football for the last 15 years up to the present day. Um, and there's been some amazing highlights along the way, working with some professional clubs, um, Crystal Palace, um, Mill Football Club and Chelsea. Um, and, uh, and gaining my B licence as well, which is quite a high qualification. Um, within within football, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's been a real sort of eye opener. Um, they're doing these, doing these courses and and the stuff that I've learned over the years. So, how um, did finding a job that you like change the way you were feeling about yourself? Uh, massively, because I, I wasn't waking up in the morning feeling hot. Oh, I have to go to work. It wasn't a case of I didn't see it as a job at the beginning. It was very much a passion. So. I was in a real ideal scenario that I was being paid for something that I love to be involved in. So in terms of sort of my uh, my mentality at the time, uh, prior to starting that sort of work, was very much, I, I couldn't, be, couldn't really be bothered to, to do that type of work. And I was sort of just waiting for the weekends and things like that. But but once I started the new um, my new career and my new purpose, I couldn't wait for the mornings to go and do my work. So... So finding a real purpose helped me a lot at the beginning. Yeah, I think that's an amazing feel to have when you're heading the next day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how and when did you start thinking about the proper blocks club and what was the first catalyst for this vote? Um, Well, I started thinking about it sort of uh, during lockdown when I didn't have any work at the time. I lost all my work because obviously I was coaching, so it's very much face-to-face -face sort of thing. Um, but but prior to that, um, I'd been through my own sort of troubles throughout the years with um, uh, uh, relationship with my children and things like that, and 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 in and out of court cases regarding children when the relationship broke down and stuff like that, and had it strain over me over the years, um, and it, and work very much blocked out those feelings. So it was a case of I was going to work and then I was going to sleep and I repeat, I didn't have time to think about uh, those issues. But once lockdown happened. 
you have nothing but yourself. So them thoughts are just constant on your mind. So so I had to be proactive about dealing with it. So I've got some support from the NHS um, and uh, uh, I've got some really good support from the councillors there. Um, but it was only for a very short period of time. So once I finished that, I needed to find a way to sustain that feeling long term. Um, and the link between uh, exercise and mental health is very much well known. So I needed to find an exercise for me that was uh, sustainable on a daily basis. And walking was really good for me. I really love walking, long walks, especially during lockdown. I had a lot of time on my hands, obviously, so I could go on longer walks. Um, and then I basically started um, I started the page up on Facebook and uh, I started doing video diaries of my walks that I was doing and how it was helping me and trying to resonate with any other lads that might be feeling or men um, feeling how I was feeling. And um, it had a really good reception. Um, and then we got to a point in lockdowns where there was a gap. Um, and then, like you said in the, in the, the, the first part of the video, that um, uh, one person turned up to the first ever walk that I'd done. And I guess the rest is history to a certain degree. So it just, it's, it's gone from strength to strength. So that was the birth of the idea. And, um, and it seems to have resonated with a lot of people as well. So each of us, with our choices, can have a positive impact in the world. How do you feel the proper blocks club is making the world a better place? Um, one of one of the one of the key things that I've found, and I didn't realize it at the very beginning when I started it because it wasn't part of what I was doing. It was just about helping the the lad next door to a certain degree. Um, but it 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 shows you that different people from different um races, um religions, work, um whatever it may be can all come together and really support each other on a common cause and really get... I've made some of the best friends like that are going to be with me throughout life now through this group. And I feel it's a real great group of a melting pot of different types of people coming together. And I think this is something, obviously, where I want to replicate it, not just London or UK-based, but potentially globally one day, you never know. And, and, and that's a real good model for how people can get on with other people, regardless of what you look like or where you come from. Yeah, well, it seems an amazing idea, and I'm mm -hmm. sure so many people are benefiting of your um, initiative. Yeah. So in your experience, uh, you experience this on yourself, but also through the walks, you mm. have the possibility to, to share uh, um, thoughts with uh, other men. What are yeah. the most common challenges men face um, with their mental health? Um, what, one of the most common things that I think of... I sort of realised throughout, especially starting at the very beginning, is it's a lot of work-related stress. People are now being pushed beyond what they're physically capable of. And I think a lot of employers are using their employees as very much disposable. So once they're in burnout mode, they go and, they just, and it's another line of somebody else coming in. So I would say that's probably the most common route to any sort of stress or anxiety or depressive thoughts that I've seen so far within the lads that I work with. It's, it's very much uh, work-related stress. Mm. Is it true that it's more difficult for men to find support? And if yes, why? Um, well, the, well, the funny thing is the support's out there. I think it's just, um, it's just a generational thing. I think there's a lot of people that have been brought up in a way that men should be men. They're the breadwinners of the family. They shouldn't worry about things. They need to man up. Uh, I mean, they don't feel any sorts of stress. Um, but that's slowly changing as the next generation comes through. And I think the next couple of generations, it, it should have wiped itself out because 
we should be in a situation where comfortable about chatting about how we're feeling and stuff like that. But I think that the root cause of why lads ain't reaching out is is pretty much a generational thing and and that fear of being judged uh, as well and and coming across as a weaker man, which funny enough, coming out as a as a man to say you you are feeling stressed or you are feeling anxious, actually it's a, it's, a, it's a power in a sense because you're not really caring about what other people think no more. You're putting yourself first and, and, and you're pushing forward with how you want to be rather than worrying about what other people think of you. Mm. So if anyone uh, is listening um, to you and is curious about joining one of the groups, yeah. um, what would you say to them? First of all, I think uh, maybe someone may be hesitant. Mm. How does it work? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because I, I I would always say if you ever have that that feeling of you need some support and or you've seen a picture of ours we put up on social media and you think, yes, I want to try it, I would say put, put it down in your diary, tell someone else about it so they remind you uh, and, and just really just come down and try out. And, and, and the great thing about it, this is, is you just turn up. If it isn't for you, you don't need to come back no more. Do you know what I mean? So there's, there's no pressure in staying. There's no pressure in going. It's a real no-pressure, um, safe environment for lads to come down whenever they want. Um, but if any any lads that are in more in, in need of more complex support, I'll definitely say reach out to the NHS or the specific service or whatever they're in. So if it might be a drink problem or a drug problem or whatever it may be, there are professional organisations out there that can deal with that and, and support you straight away. So if anyone would like to find more information about the Proper Blocks Club yeah. or if they'd like to reach out to you, uh, where yeah. they can find you? Yeah, uh, so we're all over all social media platforms. So Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, um, we're on them. Obviously, we've got our website and obviously our email and stuff on that. I would say just Google the Proper Blokes Club on Google. You'll get the list of every every one of our outlets. So, we, so you can call us, text us, email us message us on any of those forums and uh, we'll get back to you within that same day as well because we know that time's a priority when it comes down to a lad reaching out to something like this because the moment they've sent that send button that they're interested in coming more than likely they're talking themselves out of coming straight away so that's important that we grab hold of it so we always reply within the first 24 hours of them um, sending any messages to us. Mm Um, so I guess uh, um, while you're doing these walks, uh, there are probably moments where, you know, deep thoughts or emotional shares, but also mm-hmm. probably there may be funny moments. Do you yeah. have uh, any um, interesting or funny stories about uh, um, the walking groups? Um, obviously, a lot about what we talk about in the groups is confidential to the group, but there is one scenario, which is quite a funny one that he, he wouldn't mind me telling him, which is, It isn't that funny, I guess, but in hindsight, it is a little bit. Um, he came to the walk in his van uh, one time and he parked a little bit away from us. Um, but he said to his partner that he was coming down to the walk because she eventually pushed him into coming down and, and getting involved in it. And then he went over that night and said, she said to him, how was the walk? Um, and he said, yeah, it was, it was fine. I had a great time and all that. And then she showed him a picture that we put up that night of the walks, so everyone that was on it. And she said, where are you in this picture? <laughs> so straight away, she knew that he wasn't, he wasn't there. 
But um, but yeah, funny enough, he's he's now one of the walk leaders on two of our walks, and it just shows you that someone that was hesitant at the beginning on coming down is now pivotal and and just a real great asset to the group. And just imagine, I can't imagine him not of coming like not coming or getting involved now. He's he's welcoming new lads every week, and and he's a really important lad. But when he told me that story, I thought it was really funny. So, what type of advice would you give uh, to any man struggling with their mental health? Um, well, going back to what I said about joining the group, I think that initial point of when you realise you need that support is that's the key moment. So, if you need real quick support and you need more professional support, go to those professional bodies straight away um, and get in contact with them. There are people out there you're never alone in in your struggles. There, there's a lot of services out there that can help you. Um, if it's a little bit like less of an issue and not, you're more than welcome to come to any of our stuff, which we deal with just the more lenient stuff, the, the lighter stuff, if, if you can, if you can say it that way. Uh, we don't deal with sort of complex needs, um, but you're anyone's welcome on our walks literally on the day that they happen. So you don't need to book or anything like that. Um, but yeah, if it's anything serious, definitely reach out to those professional services. Um. And now, really, the last question. If you mm -hmm. could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Um, never give up. I guess it's a, it's a real easy one to say, but I think this is... I'm 35 now, and I think the past year of my life has been... Or past two years, I guess, when I started this group, it's been the only part of my life where I've really felt really content and happy. Before that, it was very much, I'll try something, I'll give up, and I'll get disheartened about it. And I think very rarely our life goes in a straight line. There's always a, a knockback or a left turn or a right turn. Sometimes we go backwards, you have to go over an hill or whatever it may be. But life has a funny way of sorting itself out in the end. And I feel like I'm exactly in the place I need to be right now. So I'll definitely say don't give up. Well, thank you, Scott, for joining us today and sharing your inspirational story and wisdom with our listeners. No problem. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. And the last message for our listeners, don't forget to subscribe uh, subscribe to our channel and tune in next week for a new inspirational episode of The Career Changes. Thank you.